perhaps it's you. Friends, enemies, BD Wong, gather around. It's time for an Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast. And it's your favorite one. Your favorite? Yeah. Samantha, you can hear the skepticism in Samantha's voice. This is no one's favorite podcast. That's not true, Samantha. This is some people's favorite podcast. And not even just their favorite Unsolved Mysteries podcast. This is some people's favorite podcast. You I just have to accept that. those people's judgment, but... How dare you say that about my mom? It's rude. <laughs> so rude. Okay. I know I know. Samantha's got stuff to do, so... <laughs> we're going we're to keep the waffle to a minimum. Um, God, what was I going to say? Yeah, let's just, let's, oh, long time, oh, that's what it was. The long time listeners, which I believe is the only type of listener we have. I don't think we have any new listeners. <laughs> long time <laughs> listeners know that when we used to record in person, back in a world we can barely remember, we would have snack time sometimes where we would try different snacks. And since I actually saw Samantha over the weekend, I split the snacks that we had to mm-hmm. try. Mm-hmm. I have somehow resisted trying them until now. The pro- the downside so is beautiful. They are honestly like kind of stunning. So the the problem is that these were Easter snacks, and I, look, maybe you can go find these on clearance now, but probably not. So I'm sorry, but <laughs> we have two items to try. We have the Hershey's Kisses Vanilla Frosting Fill, which I love the packaging on this. It's like a purple and blue gingham. Do you have a kiss. prediction about how these are going to taste? Do you think they're going to be so sickly sweet that yeah. we immediately want to spit them out? I, I feel actually, like that's what it's going to be. So both Samantha and I follow an Instagram account called Candy Hunting that's literally just tells you about like new snacks that are <laughs> at, at stores in the U.S. and where you can find them, uh, like seasonal I- items or limited edition things. And um, in the roundup of Easter candy, there was two things that Samantha and I wanted to try. One of them was this kisses vanilla frosting and honestly i'm kind of wondering why we wanted that (laughs) but i did i can't remember if i got these at cbs or walgreens but i did find a place that had both of the items that we wanted it was this and it was also the the brock's funfetti jelly beans and honestly like if these these jelly beans are beautiful i want like like, i forget what that type of like clay work is where it has the the different colored speckle it's like kind of a trendy thing i can't remember that word but it reminds me of that honestly if this was in like a clear box if this was in like a fancy packaging i would expect these jelly beans to cost like 20 dollars because they have they have this beautiful sheen to them and then they have the like kind of um different shaped speckle of just like the most beautiful little easter colors they're kind of they're honestly kind of stunning and i don't even really like jelly beans but when we saw these i was like well i need to try those and supposedly these taste like funfetti cake i don't know which do you want to try first uh i opened a hershey's kiss so i think i I think we should go for the let's do a a kisses kiss vanilla frosting all right are you ready yeah I do really like the packaging on these. I, I kind of hate Easter as a holiday, but the, like, color schemes I'm into and the candy I'm into. Yeah. I was right. Oh, that's a lot. Honestly, it kind of tastes like marshmallow. I feel like it's because the frosting flavor might be kind of artificial. Oh, not a fan. That's a lot. I They're definitely was- sickly sweet, just like I expected them to be. I wish they were more vanilla-y. Not very like vanilla. It- I was it- expecting them to be white chocolate, honestly. They're milk chocolate kisses with vanilla frosting, supposedly. 
center. So did you know that I, I don't know if we're the only country, but so the food in the U.S. is like terrible. Like you couldn't sell it in Europe. <laughs> we because we allow so many more like additives and stuff. And one of the things that we allow that other places don't allow is wax in our chocolate. Have you ever been eating cho- chocolate and gone, this tastes waxy? Yeah, there's a re- it's literally wax. You're like eating a candle. Anyway, I feel like the frosting aspect of it kind of... It tastes uh, artificial. It only makes me think about the fact that I'm eating wax. <laughs> like, it's not helping the chocolate experience. It just tastes like very... I also feel yeah. like I've... I've very eaten artificial something that tastes just like this probably a Her- another hershey's kiss like is this just like mm. they just some other recipe that they had they just whipped up and called vanilla frosting i swear i've tasted this before it's not that Somehow, unique it doesn't really taste like frosting i almost can't separate it from the chocolate outer taste it just tastes like more sugar yeah that's exactly correct whoever picked the colors for the foil, the like intern or whoever picked the colors for the packaging, they did a great job. But whoever was in charge of flavor, you really fell down. And I, I, <laughs> you really it can't fell be down that hard to actually fill, fill them with actual frosting, right? I don't, Maybe. I have no I idea. Know. I don't know how to manufacture. There's, Hershey's there's kisses. nothing special about those. You didn't miss out on anything. Okay, let's try it. Right, time jelly for the beans. jelly beans. I'm excited about these. They honestly, I. I don't know if I could do like a painting of these or so. I want to like preserve how beautiful they are. It's weird to say about a jelly bean, but here we oh. are. <laughs> They're disgusting. <laughs> okay, I have to think. I don't always agree with Samantha on these things, so I have to think for myself. I feel like they taste, taste like. Nothing. I don't taste cake. I taste I like taste sugar, and again, I feel like I taste like. Whatever the whatever is the outside of a jelly bean, whatever like chemical or whatever you need to like make that hard part. I have no idea what these taste like, but it's not good. It's I feel like it has extremely little flavor of any kind at all. It kind of does taste like eating an un what I would imagine an unflavored jelly bean tastes like. It's just like sugar. Yes. Yeah. Just it kind of just tastes like I eat sugar. Like there's not like a flavor. Like if you can imagine a sort of Charlie and the chocolate esque moment where they have the jelly beans and then they're like injecting flavor into them, which I realize is not how that works. But let's just pretend that it is. Like this would be the jelly bean you pick up before they if I added any flavor. Does that make sense? It's just like a raw jelly bean. And you go, oh, this tastes like, like tastes like nothing. Yeah, it just tastes like Sugar and yeah, whatever additives are in a jelly bean to make it like <clears throat> jelly. I have to say I that is the, those were the most empty calories I think I've ever consumed in my life. <laughs> well, those are disappointing. <laughs> like, I mean, what a stupid phrase. Who cares? Like, eat food, live your life, be happy. But like, whatever those did to my teeth and my body was not worth it. No, because <laughs> real bad. those are pretty bad. Yeah. Huh fascinating okay well i don't even know what to say about that i feel like both of these companies they got my money they got what they wanted but they should be disappointed in themselves they should Has take there, a long have there been any like winners lately <laughs> like novelty <laughs> snacks that are like a win so i i tried the starlight coke was very disappointed in that oh, yeah that was yeah. one that i saw on candy hunting i guess i saw 
Uh, Travis is really into banana split ice cream. There was a limited edition Hagen Dazs banana split ice cream a long time ago, and he it, it they don't make it anymore, and he's will forever be searching for that ice cream again. And I saw a banana split ice cream that I think was from honestly I don't remember. It was Briars maybe. Anyway, uh I saw it on candy hunting, saw it in the grocery store, got it for him. He really liked that. Not as good as Hagen Dazs, but he really liked it. So I feel like that was a win, but not for me personally. I'm trying to think if candy hunting has come through with a novelty snack for me that has been like stellar. I'm going to just offend candy hunting and say they're not ever well, telling not- you the products are good. They're just like, this that, well, that's true. That is true. <laughs> also, I'm not out there trying like every single one of them. Like, I'm not going to try the like flaming hot Cheetos Mountain Dew or something. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I guess I kind of wish we had done one of those podcasts where we would just like get sent candy, but I, that didn't even occur to me. So, I mean, people can still send us candy, though. If you're out there wanting to send yeah. us some candy. Hey, Lala and Pops, don't you want to send us candy? Really, any type of gummy, any type of gummy bear, I want to try. FYI. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I can't really think of a good novelty item I've had lately. But I also feel like I've been living in a cave for two years, and maybe there's been, maybe we haven't made as much stuff, or maybe I wouldn't even know. You're right. There's not like, I mean, I you have to be going to stores to find these things, I think. And I'm really not out there. There is going to be a Tropical Blast Twinkie, which I feel like is Baja Blast and a Twinkie, right? I have no idea. I have maybe had one Twinkie in my whole life. I'm not Same. even sure about but that. But am I going to, if I come across the Tropical Blast Twinkie, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I'm kind of scared of those cakes, those hostess cakes. I'm a little oh, scared. Oh, the blueberry muffin Kit Kat I saw on Candy Hunting. We got to find oh, that. Yeah. I haven't found that yet. I wonder when that's coming out. We do love a novelty Kit Kat here on this channel. Blueberry so. deli- is oh, what a good flavor. Yeah, you were really all about the blueberry. I love blueberry. I feel like I blueberry never lets you down. It always tastes good. <laughs> that's how I feel about raspberry. Same. Yeah, also a good one. When we... When we form some sort of like children's cartoon superhero group, you'll be the blueberry and I'll be the raspberry. <laughs> and when our powers combine, we'll make mixed berry, which unfortunately is not a very exciting term. No. Um, okay, so I had a couple upper updates for the top of the show. One was that our new Patreon episode is out. That was our April episode. Obviously, Samantha mm, fell down on the ball again. Or whatever that phrase is. So <laughs> I don't think I said it right at all. But uh, no, you're right. I fell down on a ball. That's why you I was fell there. down on a ball. You were playing soccer. You slipped. You smashed your head on a ball, and you lost a tooth. And that's why you couldn't. Do it. <laughs> and that meant that me and Mac had to do it because you're such a slacker. And uh, Mac and I talked about Columbo. How did you enjoy editing our episode, Samantha? I assume I always, not not having seen the Columbo that we were talking about. I feel like I got to ex- I get to experience what the listener experience. I assume yeah, yeah. most of our listeners aren't watching every single thing we watch and like prior to listening to our episodes. I mean, if you are, props to you. But I feel like I'm I get to experience that a little bit when I edit an episode that you've done with someone else that I wasn't there, and I I enjoyed it. I'm you're like I really I, I enjoyed it. That's you by the way i thought <laughs> do i want to like run to tubi and watch colombo 
No, but I enjoyed oh listening to you and Mac talk about Columbo. Mac always brings a lot to the table to these episodes. He's excellent on the show. I feel like has better commentary than me. So you should really consider maybe making a podcast or something. But You're missing out not running to TV to watch Columbo. It has been such a delight. The interiors and outfits alone. Oh, my God. Five out of five Robert Stacks. The glamorous over-the-top ice buckets. Literally every character well, because it's the 70s, at least at the, the point we're, we're starting in the beginning. So it's the 70s, right? Everybody has like five home bars in their house <laughs> and ice buckets the size of their head. They're like, oh, can I get you a drink? And I'm like, damn, this is the life that I want. It's so good. And then you just get to see Columbo like slowly uh, catch smug rich people <laughs> and send them to prison for murder. And it's satisfying every time because they're all dicks. <laughs> uh okay so yeah if you want to hear that patreon episode about why you should be watching Columbo, we talk about the episode murder by the book which is either the first episode or the third episode depending on how you look at it so you'll have to sign up for patreon to do that it's gonna cost you like seriously one dollar i don't know why you haven't done it already we also have a thing right now where if you pay for a year in advance you get 10 percent off so you might want to do that because i'm probably gonna knock that down that percentage down at like the end of the month or something i'm gonna be like this is too generous knock knock there'll be a it's you know a smaller discount act act now while supplies last <laughs> yeah exactly well the supplies of our beautiful voices last because they're running short uh da, 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 da. oh also samantha let's talk about the coloring sheet so what of one of the rewards you can get on our patreon if you're feeling like a little bougie a little bougier than the one dollar level if you want to give us five dollar level some five dollars a month you get a digital coloring sheet every month usually they're drawn by me but sometimes i'm feeling very lazy and i hire other people to do it so this <laughs> past month i hired a friend of the pod brian at the real brian duffy or whatever the fuck his name is on instagram <laughs> the real at the real duff i think he made a coloring sheet that i okay i hope you're sitting down and ready to hear how amazing it is <laughs> because it is the like the cover of a romance novel if a romance novel was about samantha and mothman <laughs> which it should be and I believe someone out there, God, I hope they're still listening. Someone out there is working on that romance novel. And I'm saying, I'm manifesting that you finish that and that that's a bestseller. Anyway. Someone out there. I mean, they did write one, at least one chapter. They because we chapter We read the first chapter of Drawn to the Flame, to the, the flame Mothman is- romance novel featuring me as a main character. And Brian, using his great artistic abilities predicted what that cover could be like which is you in a very romance cover and cover embrace with one bare shoulder i think he really nailed it to be honest i think you might be i think you have to take some time to really accept how hot you look in that drawing my initial reaction to because Liz Liz surprised me with this i did not know this was happening i just randomly got a text message with this photo, just this photo. And I was caught off guard and I wasn't sure exactly how to process it, mainly because I'm a lot hotter in this drawing than in real life. And I don't know that I can handle it. Mothman has a very hairy chest, which I think is, is great. Um, Yeah, I did do this as a surprise. I thought it would cheer you up. It did. 
it Dude. wasn't the, it wasn't the greatest month and i was like i know what to do <laughs> This is what it's like right. to be friends with Liz. She really gets it. She really gets it because this I is know what to do. Fantastic. But then I said it to you and you're like, I do not know how I feel about this. And I was like, whoops, misjudged that one. No, you didn't. I love it. It's fantastic. I was like, oh, you didn't want my friend to draw a sexy picture of you with Mothman. Whoops, sorry. Guess I should have seen that one coming. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot to process, I'll admit, <laughs> but I do love it. I kind of want like a framed print for my wall or something. I need it colored in. I'm not very good at coloring, so that, I mean, it might just be black and white. But I, you know, there I might love be it. something in the works. I won't say quite. Yet. I love it. <laughs> and if you're thinking to yourself, "Oh man, it's too late. I'm not a patron. I can't color this masterpiece that belongs in the Louvre." No, if you sign up. You'll still get it, so don't worry. I know people were very worried, so I wanted to like, you know, let's let's put that anxiety to rest. Check out our Instagram. I think you posted a picture, a picture of the. I posted. I posted the sketch. You don't get the real thing for free. <laughs> you got to pay the five dollars. Well, you want a preview, a, but if you want a preview, which is a, it's a pretty accurate sketch of what the final version looks like. You can go to yes. our Instagram, perhaps it's you, and see that, and then go, oh my god, yes, I need this in my life, which will be your a reaction. I assume okay. so. Um, we did have a field trip this week, but do you want to save that for next time? Sure. That could be a little teaser for our next episode. Okay. We did go on a field trip. We did actually go out into the world, but I don't. I feel like with snack time and just me yakking, we've run out of update room so we gotta get to these mysteries we gotta get to these mysteries so we are on season seven episode seven lucky sevens uh robert zach obviously i don't want to even think about those dennis farina episodes this (laughs) i watched for free on youtube it's also on tubi the station the streaming service i'm talking about basically constantly i don't know why i give them so much free advertising it's on there i think roku has a whole channel of it you can find it. You don't have to give Jeff Bezos your money to watch this. That's my point. So we're starting off season seven, episode seven. I go first. Robert Stack <laughs> is waxing poetic as usual. And he asks us, this is for uh, the investigators segment, which shows us little windows into how crimes get solved. And if this is how crimes get solved, ooh boy. Oh, buddy. (laughs) I have questions. Okay, so in this investigator segment, Robert Stack goes, what if your mind worked like a television set? Which is such a fucking beyond belief, fact or fiction question that Jonathan Frakes would be like somehow parasailing into the gentleman's study. He's always like doing something as he's walking in. Like somehow Mm -hmm. he's like, he like repels from a mountain, but into the gentleman's study and then goes, what? your mind works like a television and you're like what Jonathan Frakes what okay anyway what if though what if your mind worked like a television what if you could change channels at will tune into programs no one else could see and what if you could never turn the set off why does Robert Stack introduce this like it's a horrible thing I don't know I guess he was feeling bad this is the story of psychic Nancy Meyer 
She had been working with police departments for nearly two decades. With the topic of police funding so on everyone's mind, like, that's all I could think about this whole time. I was like, how much money (laughs) has been spent on psychic Nancy to come help with these police investigations instead of things that would actually help people? Look, this woman might be psychic. I don't know. Are some people psychic? Look, I'm not psychic, so I don't have the answer to that. Um... I kind of don't really think this is what police departments should be doing. I'm guessing uh, they don't anymore, but actually, I don't know that. Maybe that's where millions of dollars I go. I have no idea. I don't know if that's always the case. I do think sometimes they do consult with psychics. I really, I'm not really sure that's appropriate use of money. Unless, I don't know, if the psychics will do it for free, that doesn't seem fair to them, but I'm not really sure that's how we should be spending funding. But no matter. That's not what this is about. This is just the story of Nancy. She has been part of, as of this segment, 300 investigations. And according to her, and perhaps her alone, she has turned up helpful information 80% of the time. Which is a staggering statistic that is not supported by this segment. <laughs> she works- According to her! <laughs> she- according to her! Um, look, this woman seems very nice. I have no beef with her personally. I just don't know that this is the best way to prevent or solve crime. She um, basically only works on murders. And she says in those situations, only two people know what happened. The victim and the killer. And the only way to find out is telepathy. I um, I don't think that's true, Nancy. I think there's often evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Eyewitnesses. You know, I think it's often actually really obvious who commits murders. I don't know that telepathy really needs to be involved. Yeah. If if we're going by this show, murderers are people you know and cops. That's pretty much it. Occasionally some wacko, but pretty much someone you know or a cop. Okay. So um, the first case that Nancy was asked to help out with was in 1977 when a desperate detective in Wilmington, Delaware, asked her to track down a serial rapist. I do appreciate that they were taking that case seriously. I guess they were pretty desperate. Anyway, we see a couple um, cop mustaches talking about Nancy at this point. I did not write down the cop's actual names. The mustaches are named the Skinny. You can okay. guess why. I know that's boring. Look, the must the names just come to me. That in that case, I am psychic. I'm a conduit for the mustaches. That mustache was named the Skinny. It just there wasn't that much to it. Okay, there was also a cop mustache that was called the Born Copper. Why? Because there's nothing out that guy could have done with his life. He <laughs> had to be a cop based on his face and the facial hair that would grow on that face. He had no other options. No. There's also we see a reenactment that has a cop, and that actor is wearing what is clearly a very huge fake mustache. <laughs> to, yes. to make it seem like it's 1977 and that fake mustache is called 1977 was a hell of a year because no other year would have produced that exact mustache That's so <laughs> I wasn't there believe it or not hard to believe I was not there but um, but I know from the TV I know so the detectives were stunned when Psychic Nancy met with a victim and was able to improve upon her sketch of the rapist. So she had made a sketch for the police department of what her attacker looked like. Nancy looked at it and was like, I feel like the eyebrows are a little off. 
she just like sort of a read and was like mm, i think you need to change this i need to think you need to change that is she and just she, a better drawing a drawer than the victim my interpretation of this scene which was a reenactment this wasn't like her actually dealing with the victim but in this re- my impression was just that she was a better listener than the cops uh, and yeah. that the cops that she had or, or, or maybe not even maybe she just had better communication with nancy than she did with the police department which is that a surprise to anyone not really so i think that in talking with the victim she was able to like figure out what about the sketch was a little she like this woman knew the sketch was a little bit off but she didn't know how to fix it she was like that doesn't exactly look like him but it kind of looks like him and i think nancy was able to like communicate with her or just talk to her in a way where they figured out what that was i don't know that that's like psychic it's just like better communication skills that makes a lot of sense okay however nancy says that at the end of their meeting she grabbed her hand the hand of this uh, victim and she had a vision of the rapist sleeping and that allowed her to see his facial fi- facial figure oh my god I just give uh, now I'm done I'm done with <laughs> podcasting his facial features up close she noticed that he was wearing a blue uniform it had some numbers on it he was wearing white socks and black shoes I don't know whatever that was her vision she then took off walking as if in a trance. And it turns out that she does this after meeting each victim and she would always end up on the basically the same street corner in Wilmington, Delaware. And she was unwilling to walk down the street where she said that the rapist was because she was scared of him or something. And eventually she accompanies a victim to the scene of a crime and she focused on the telephone that was in that room. And she asks the victim, did he use the phone? which was a detail that the victim had forgotten, repressed, whatever you want to call it. She had not remembered that. And she was like, oh, yeah, he did. And he also used the phone book. So they dusted both the phone and the phone book for prints, and they actually found a couple of prints on the phone book. So that was helpful. But also, they should have just done that. Like, Right. Right. <laughs> I don't know that asking her, oh, there's a phone in this room. Did he use the phone? Do you have to be a psychic? To come up with that question? She didn't know he used the phone. She fucking asked. (laughs) And then the answer was like, oh, yeah, you know what? He did. Um, I think that's just a good guess. I don't know that there's anything about that that proves she was a psychic. How I feel about this is the way I feel about all of these psychics who help the police force segments. I feel like the information, you can look back and be like, oh, yeah, that was correct. But it's not actually helpful. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of this, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Nancy was right about all these things. Did that help you catch him? Not really. Like, she's, uh, this is just an episode of Psych. She's going in and observing there's a phone and is like, oh, there's a phone. Like, yes, it's right there. And if you had done your jobs, you would have thought about that. So, but they had a couple of fingerprints, but they didn't have anything to compare them to now. Um I can't really explain that she keeps going to this one street, okay? And she says that it's a place that he frequented. So they, she eventually actually goes down the street like she, that she was scared to do. And she's like, oh, he frequents this building. She didn't say that he lived there, which is kind of interesting. She was like, he comes and goes from here. And it turns out that there was like a new renter in that building after they talked to the owner. And they like look through the leases or whatever. And they're like, oh, I recognize one of these names. And they didn't say it in the show, but I'm guessing that the, they like knew that guy was a rapist. They knew he was a criminal. 
But they were right. like, oh, why do I know this name? But that guy, the guy I'm thinking of, he's still in prison. It can't be him. Well, they call up the prison system or whatever, and they find out that guy is actually on a work release program. So he's leaving prison every day to look for work, and he's also, like, setting up his apartment. He's, like, setting up his life to, you know, leave. Mm-hmm when he'll be out and so that is him coming and going from that apartment building because he was like looking at the building signing the lease you know blah 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 so now that they had a suspect they were able to compare the fingerprints to the the phone book and it was him and six victims were able to pick him out of a lineup he was later convicted and sentenced to 150 years I don't have an explanation of how she came to that building or whatever. I am, would love to know more about the trial. Was this like psychic evidence introduced? That was my question as I was watching this is, are they using the psychic? I don't really want to compare this to forensic sciences because this is a psychic, but the way that my understanding of how you're supposed to use things like, dogs or whatever is that they should like guide you in a direction right right that's is that how they're using this psychic or is this like are they considering this evidence my impression from this segment and this segment alone was that that was only leading them to someone to compare the fingerprints to so he's convicted on the fingerprint evidence and being picked out of the lineup not that the psychic says he did it right the concern would be of course that like Otherwise, you know, I don't, what do you, I don't, what is that trial? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Maybe he pled. Maybe there was, I don't know. I didn't really look into it. That's all very weird. Um, So Unsolved Mysteries, to like prove the veracity of this, asks Nancy to go help investigate an open case. So she goes to Brooksville, Florida to help with this very tragic case, the death of seventh grader Jennifer Odom. She was 12 years old when she was killed on February 19th, 1993. That's really fucking sad. She got off a school bus just 200 yards from her home and then vanished. There was like this huge community search. Everybody was looking for her. Her body was found six days later. She had been brutally murdered. The case was still open 16 months later. So Unsolved Mysteries was kind of like, kind of gave her a challenge. And was like, oh yeah, you're so good at this. Go solve Jennifer's murder. So we see her brought in to help the first thing that we see her do is she isn't allowed to view the crime scene photographs because you know that's like not public information and she's not on a need-to-know basis or whatever the hell the actual like phrasing is so they have the photographs turned over on a table and she's like trying to get a psychic read off of them um what she gets from that is that there are two assailants Okay, that sounds like a guess to me. Then we see her go to the spot where her body is found. Mac has actually walked through the room at this part. She's, like, in the clearing in the woods where people have, like, laid out a cross and flowers and stuff. And Nancy goes, oh, is this where her body was found? <laughs> really, bitch? Like, I feel like I might be psychic. I think I, yeah. could, I could probably yeah. Oh, is this, uh, this spot? It's literally, like, laid out like a coffin. Is this where her body was found? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was Nancy. She did predict or know. I guess she didn't predict. She just knew that some of her body, her jewelry was found in the woods in a certain direction. Okay. Um, 
she says something about how she had a case with her that had lettering and it turned out that was her cousin's clarinet but this is kind of what i meant with the the police were like yes that's correct we did find jewelry that way is that helpful i mean they already know this the police found the jewelry so even if we are to accept that she's psychic how does this help at all she's oh it doesn't what i want her to say is oh I'm a psychic. I can see into the past, and this is who did it. Not she was carrying a clarinet case. Okay, we already know that. We found the clarinet case. I mean, it's not they, helpful. They hadn't found the clarinet case, but okay. I mean, they well, didn't know that. It was like something her parents had said she had when she went missing. It doesn't help them. And to further sort of emphasize that this is not helpful, this case is still unsolved. So... Uh, Nancy, yeah. this is, I guess, I guess this is in the 20% that she didn't, uh, wasn't if able to. You want to me to be it. amazed by a psychic? I need you to give helpful information and solve. I want you to solve the case. I want you to close your eyes and go, I'm looking into the past. And then when you open them, you know who did it. Well, I prepare to be really disappointed for the rest of your life. Not, okay. oh, she had some jewelry and a clarinet yes. case. Okay. Stop this- wasting our time. This twelve-year-old jewel girl had jewelry. Can you believe it? Wow, oh my god! Amazing. Amazing. A girl that a girl that played the clarinet. Was she, she wearing her- shoes too? <laughs> a girl who played the clarinet had her clarinet case with her. Oh my god! Um, if anybody was wondering more about this case, it is on Unsolved Mysteries Wiki. Uh, as I said, the results were unsolved. Her book bag and the clarinet were eventually discovered. Fingerprints were lifted from that bag, but they have yes, we matched to a suspect. There is a person of interest in this case. Um, as of 2017, they started looking at convicted rapist and kidnapper Jeffrey Norman Crum Sr., which just, sorry, Jeffrey, that sounds like the name of a murderer, uh, was arrested. He was arrested and charged in 92 for the adoption, rape, and attempted murder of a 17-year-old girl uh, that took very close, that took place very close to this crime um familial dna testing has linked him to this case Mm, but he has yet to be charged um both victims were adolescent girls both were abducted getting off a school bus both were taken to remote field raped and left for dead um and it was that the one case he has been convicted of was only a few miles from where jennifer was kid abducted and murdered um but there as of the writing of this they were like reviewing evidence um okay we'll see but see that was a familial dna that brought them to this guy not psychic nancy well then i thanks for nothing nancy <laughs> we hear from the police officers how impressed they are with nancy and i'm really like why and okay the- <laughs> who was the one officer though that was like well i know that everybody else thinks i'm a whack job for believing nancy but Oh, that was the guy from 77. That was the guy that, like, first used her. And I don't know how he was funny. He was very funny. (laughs) He was funny. I think he really did want to solve the case and was just kind of desperate. And that ended up working out and it blew his mind. And he was like, yeah, I'm a believer now. I don't really know what happened there, but I was not impressed with Nancy failing to fail, failing to solve this other case. There is a one of the cops that's super impressed with her has a mustache, and I really wrote down as the name. What am I watching? What am I doing with my life? <laughs> that's the name of that mustache. 
because I was just like, what? Anyway, it's still unsolved. Very sad. I don't know what happened to Nancy. I guess I can look it up. I kind of don't care. Can you tell? <laughs> Let's see. Nancy Meyer. Occupation. Police force psychic. I mean, that sounds cool. Is that her whole job? How? I mean. Yes, we're spending too much money. <laughs> it's like, if she can live off of that income. She's also features on this show, Unexplained Mysteries. I don't know. There's not a ton about her. I guess she has a website. Let's look at that. And she's still what? out there not solving <laughs> She's still murders? out there not solving murders. Oh, wow. Okay, so she made a website in, like, 97, and it is still <laughs> available. <laughs> if you want to go to Nancy Meyer, one word, slash, dash, psychicdetective.com. Nancy oh, she Meyer. calls herself a detective? That's <laughs> yeah. a little yeah. rich, Nancy. Okay, I so I'm starting to think this is what psych... Somebody saw this and was like, yeah, right, and then made the show psych, which would be so funny. It says, this is in red, all red font on like a, uh, <laughs> on like a Shutterstock pool for some reason, like a swimming pool. Don't know why. All right. You're going to get a computer virus from this website. I probably am. <laughs> Nancy Meyer is one of the, t- and also the like spacing between these paragraphs is like all Rand. Oh God. Okay. Nancy Meyer is one of the top psychic detectives capitalized in the world. Yes. No comma. That is her on Unsolved Mysteries now streaming. All one sentence. A number of TV shows Nancy appeared on are now airing on streaming channels. Comma enjoy. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Nancy. And then there's like a unnecessary gap, and it says. You've seen her on Unsolved Mysteries, Psychic Detectives, Psychic Investigators in the U.S., and FBI Psychics on TV in Japan, where she was nicknamed Madame Montage. (laughs) Why would she be nicknamed something in English? Okay. Where she was nicknamed Madame Montage for her ability to sit down with an artist and draw the faces of perpetrators. Nancy is down to earth and to the point. That is a non-sector. Down to earth? She's a psychic. A psychic detective? Okay. Yeah, she's a down-to-earth psychic detective. You could only dream of being as down-to-earth as her. <laughs> um, she is a published author and retired college teacher. Nancy does private readings as well as police work she is publicly known for. Nancy charges for her time one hour costs $200. A half hour costs $100. You can pay through PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, if you okay. have any murders you don't want solved, I guess you could pay Nancy. And now she just, like, goes into some stories. It just, like, starts rambling about, like, fires and how her mom was an artist and how her dad <laughs> is had a all on your website? It's just all... Okay, bitch, this is all on the home page. <laughs> and it's all in red font. Her, okay, okay, her dad was a ham radio operator. I don't see how that's relevant, um, but fine. Sure, great. Morse code. Like, what is just this? Just her dog died. Just, this is like, just a stream of consciousness. Basically. I don't need the. I don't need all this information to hire a psychic. I know America is strong, and yet in the middle of this time of testing, I believe. Okay, which time of test? When did you write this? When- <laughs> I believe we will come out on the other side better than we were before. This is just a perennial statement, Liz. It doesn't matter. 
that's so true for one thing like this in separation makes us all appreciate feldrong that we have so much more oh my god this is recent she made she has updated this recently and it looks like this she starts talking about like the george floyd protests and stuff mixed in with the fact that her dog died okay this is wild we see a picture of Nancy at the book depository in Dallas, Texas, where she's trying to read something about what happened with JFK. Okay. She has a book called Travels with My Father, Life, Death, and a Psychic Detective. Which <laughs> what a like title. What a for Christmas. Fall is- <laughs> okay, this is still the homepage, by the way. I've skimmed through so much to get down to fall is here, and as the temperatures start to dip, I am bracing myself. This sounds like it's going to be a recipe about soup now. <laughs> I probably in, it probably is. Warm climates. Winter is still like. What are you talking about? My grandson. Okay. Wow. And now we just get like updates on like grandkids. One of them is getting prettier. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? She's busy working on her third book. Okay, we've gone to like a navy, less aggressive font. It just a just randomly change color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Why? Why? Uh, I have passed the okay after this update with about her children and grandchildren and different dogs and how she's busy <laughs> writing her book. Now we get down to I passed the one thousand case mark. Has she solved all one thousand? No, she's just been. You're a psychic, Nancy. It would be nice to say that the level of violence has decreased since the time I came on the job, but that is not true. Since the seventies, I doubt it. (laughs) Our culture is now dealing with the awful phenomenon of mass shootings. Okay, but those people are usually known, Nancy. I don't know that we need your help. Yeah, what are you going to do, Nancy? Can you prevent mass shootings? That'd be great, Nancy. She just ends it with. It is how we are, explanation point, Nancy Meyer, psychic detective and award-winning author. <laughs> what, what are you going to do? Bye. Job security. I'm out. Award. Oh, no, it keeps going. <laughs> After she signs off, it keeps going? Yep. Nancy. Yeah, it does. Nancy. Um, I suggest everyone look at this website. It is one of the more fascinating things I have seen in a while. <laughs> Okay, so now Samantha gets to talk to us about her favorite topic: ghost ship, ghost ship. Uh, can ghost we look at Nancy's ship, website for a little ship. while longer? I don't Actually, maybe because I didn't have to take out a note on it, I kind of like this segment. Okay, what Sorry. I will say. About this, Sorry about it. Mainly because I needed to pad my segment because I took fuck all for notes. Um, they clearly in this they invested in this segment. Yeah, this, they sure did. Did they blow their whole season budget on this ep- on this segment alone? There's like clipper ship. There's like they're on the ocean. Like Robert Stack is on a boat. Yeah, there's I like don't... pirate ships involved. I don't look. Should I know things about unsolved mysteries? Yes. Do I? No. I am just guessing. By this point, they got a little more money to throw around. Season seven. I guess yeah, the show's maybe. doing well. They're like, you know what this needs? Pirate ships. Go rent some. Is there a pirate ship? Did I miss the pirate ship? This no. is the mystery of the Mary Celeste. Where were the pirates? I definitely I didn't just... write anything down about pirates. There are no pirates. I just mean that like type of ship. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> ship history. Okay, someone listening to this might know a lot about ships and is going to come for us. 
Yeah, okay. You I know, an old-timey like, ship. It looks like a pirate ship. ship. Yeah, exactly. that's yeah. exactly what I mean. Yeah, so this is a mysterious legend. And it's the, the mystery of the Mary Celeste. Ghost ship. There's no so ghost. We're, it's we're it's in the actually Atlantic not Ocean. that exciting. Yeah, they call it a ghost ship. Robert Stack also calls it, I think, the golden age of of ocean ghost travel ship. or something. <laughs> we were in another golden age. We had the golden age of skyjacking. We are. This is the golden age of... Getting scurvy. Uh, sailing. Sailing, I guess. Yeah. The golden age of scurvy. Got it. Well, yeah, that too. Um, so it's we're in the on the Atlantic Ocean. It's the morning of November 5th, 1872, and Captain Benjamin Briggs, along with his entire family, including a small infant child, are on a on a voyage on a ship called the Mary Celeste. Um, they left New York and they are bound for Europe. Stowed in the deck were thousands of barrels of pure alcohol, which we are told is a very dangerous cargo. Yeah, thanks for that. Didn't, didn't Couldn't figure that out. It's flammable, and also there can be, like, fumes, I guess. So the, 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 I assume the bottom of the ship is, like, a confined space, almost, in which, like, if you have a leak in one of these barrels, I'm assuming that, like, the fumes can get in the air. It's, it's very dangerous, and people at this time knew to be very wary of a ship. This is going to be important later. Of a ship that is carrying this type of cargo. Yeah, it's very flammable and combustible. I don't yes. want to be on this ship with my screaming, colicky baby getting scurvy. <laughs> Sounds terrible. But this was a highly prized cargo. Um, it was uh, highly prized in the Italian wine trade. So they're it's, taking it's this valuable. cargo to Europe. Um, Briggs set a course due east. He planned to pass by the Az- Azores. Oh my god, I probably pronounced that wrong. Before landing in Genoa, Italy, uh, which was in the which is in the Mediterranean. Mediterranean. <laughs> Talking is difficult. Ten days later, however, the ship was hit by a large storm. Winter winds whipped the ship for more than a week, and we have a reenactment of like Briggs's wife and their baby in ten days straight of just like nonstop rocking of this ship. I can't even imagine. It sounds horrible. Oh. Um, but on the 10th day, the weather did clear and Briggs in his like diary or his journal or whatever he was keeping, you know, his records in, he stated that the ship was six miles off of the Azores. Um, the date was November 25th, 1872. And this was his last entry. So we know from reading his, his journal that the weather was terrible for 10 whole days, but it, eased up and they were kind of nearing their destination but then a week later on december 4th the ship was found abandoned in the middle of the atlantic several hundred miles off the coast of portugal and this is why it's called the ghost ship because the crew just it was just an empty floating ship it was still in perfectly good working order um there was you know there was no damage it wasn't sinking it was just floating uh, with no crew on it whatsoever, which is obviously very mysterious. Just just vibing. Just hanging out. Yeah, I mean, the ship was. There was, like I said, no signs of anyone on board. Captain David Morehouse was a friend of Benjamin Briggs and had actually dined with him uh, the day before they left port in New York. He is the one who actually found the ship. He and several others from his uh, crew took a small boat to the Mary Celeste and boarded it. At first, they were worried that everyone on the ship had been taken ill, 
um which i feel like is kind of i don't know seems a little bit relevant to now yeah. it's like they got yeah. on the ship and we're like is everybody sick are they all like quarantining themselves <laughs> like what's going on however they couldn't find a trace of anyone they did discover that the ship's compass was shattered which is interesting also adds a little to, a little bit of a mystery to it i think um, there was a long rope that went across the deck and off one side of the ship. In the cabins, personal possessions, including money and jewelry, were undisturbed. It was as if everyone on the ship for, uh, was there one moment and then gone the next. Uh, yeah, additionally, spooky. It would be a spooky thing to discover. For sure. Especially, like, it's your friend, right? Like, Briggs right. was a good captain. Um, his friend Morehouse was, like... Like this is a, an experienced sailor. Like, what is going on here? I just saw him, like, like right before he left. So, in addition, the captain's navigational instruments um, and the ship's papers were missing. However, um, there was no evidence of foul play. They were just gone. Um, Morehouse had his first mate sail the Mary Celeste to Gibraltar. There, they made a salvage claim on the ship's alcohol. Because, of course, it was very valuable and they had found it. So I guess you can, like, I don't know, the laws of the sea or whatever <laughs> allow you to, like, make a claim. Um, and then, I guess, just keep it. I don't know. I feel like today there would be, like, an insurance or something. <laughs> but they, since they found this, they're like, it's ours. Okay, so they made a salvage claim on the ship's alcohol. Rumors surfaced, however, that Morehouse uh, had committed fraud and conspiracy. So people were very suspicious um, of what happened here because, I mean, he stood to, like, make a lot of money. I mean, he knew that the Mary Celeste was loaded with this alcohol. He knew when they were leaving. And suddenly he finds it and then just, like, gets to keep all of the alcohol and make all the money. So obviously, like, this looks a little bit fishy to people. It's a huge coincidence that he happens to be the one to find it, like, of right. all the ships. Right. So obviously it raised a few eyebrows. There uh, there was an investigator assigned to the case um, who suspected foul play, although he did not, he wasn't able to find any evidence um, that Morehouse was responsible. Um, he did soon bring up another possibility, which is that of mutiny and murder. Um, they searched the entire ship, though, and it was discovered that nine of the alcohol barrels were empty. In the captain's cabin, um, they found a sword. Um, and so the this all of this like weird uh, evidence led the chief investigator to propose kind of a wild theory, which was that the crew of the Mary Celeste had broken into the alcohol barrels and then killed the Briggs family <laughs> in a drunken fury. So I guess they were suggesting that like they drank like literally barrels of pure alcohol. I feel like that would kill you. <laughs> I don't think you could survive that. Um but that's what they were proposing. Would that make you a mur- like suddenly you're like kill must kill or <laughs> or they were they were like oh shit we shouldn't have drank that alcohol the captain's gonna be really mad he was gonna sell it we have to kill him why yeah. did we drink whole barrels of alcohol while I was watching this I was like did this guy not realize that like pure alcohol is gonna evaporate like so fast well that's the other thing like I'm not even sure like how drinkable it is and if you drink it I'm pretty sure you would just like drop dead I, you get alcohol poisoning so easily especially if you drank the amount that they were suggesting it was a small crew like there was not that many people on this it was like the it was like the Briggs's family which was like children and a, a, a his wife and then like a couple people it wasn't like a huge crew so i yeah, don't know this they, is they very silly drank a barrel of pure alcohol each and then they went into a murderous rage yes. um because they had ocean madness 
<laughs> apparently. So he, this investigator claims that after killing the Briggs's family, they fled in a lifeboat. There was a stain found on the sword, which the investigator claimed was blood, but tests i don't know what these tests were showed that it was actually rust i I think they just looked at it closer i don't really know what kind of tests you could do back then (laughs) but it probably just reacted you know yeah maybe i don't know it was definitely not blood though um i don't know this investigator sounds like he's kind of bad at his job but Um, anyway that's what he needed i mean he kind of i would have been i feel like i do feel like nancy would have done a better job than this guy um Fortunately, um, because like his his theory kind of fell up. There was no evidence. It was just kind of just like he was like, "Well, what if they mutinied?" And <laughs> then the 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 material found on the sword ended up being rust. So as a result of this, his mutiny theory kind of just fell apart. And the court eventually ruled that Morehouse could receive money for his salvage claim. Um, they also the court could not find a reason for the abandonment of the ship. Um, however, there have been several theories um, in uh, you know as people have looked into this more and time has has gone past. One plausible theory that I think sounds I don't know it it sounds makes sense to me extremely plausible. I feel is, like this is what happened. Right. So basically, <laughs> I was like, so, oh yeah, that makes sense. So what a lot of people think happened is that this ship was rocking and rolling for 10 days. And in the process, some of the alcohol barrels leaked. That would explain the empty barrels, releasing fumes into the air. So people think that the captain, when the the ship, like the storm settled down, discovered the the alcohol barrels had leaked, discovered the fumes, um, realized that at any moment this ship could literally explode he, his family is on board. His his crewmates presumably are like his friends. And so in concern that the ship is going to blow up, I mean, they're close to their destination. He loads everybody onto uh, the lifeboat, which is, and attaches it to the ship by a rope, which as, remember there was no lifeboat found, but there was this rope that was hanging over the side of the boat. So it's, it's posited that his plan was to sort of set the ship on a course. Cause he was pretty close to his destination. You kind of had to just like go through the straight and then yeah. you were kind of there. It was kind of a straight shot. So they, they proposed that he could have even shattered the navigational instruments to kind of like set this boat like on course. And so that it would, it would sort of stay the, the direction he pointed it and then he planned to be towed um in like he loaded everybody up and this happened very quickly which is probably why all of their possessions were kind of left in place um because you know it could blow at any moment and so he probably loaded everybody on the ship as fast as he could into the lifeboats had this like harebrained plan to have his boat unmanned just like sail itself and like tow them behind and that at some point the rope separated from the lifeboat. They were left adrift and without any kind of, you know, way. I mean, they're in the middle of the ocean. And so they drifted off. Who knows what happened to them? The boat drifted another way. And then they were never seen again. Um, honestly, seems kind of, that seems plausible to me. I totally buy it. And then Robert Stack's like, well, then what happened to them? And I'm kind of like, they're dead, Stack. That's what happened. It happens. was a flimsy lifeboat, probably overloaded. There's probably too many people in this lifeboat, and it, I mean, it could have capsized. It could have—I mean, anything could have happened to this boat. They don't have but any water. Gone. They don't have any food. You know, yeah. there's the elements. There's—it's the ocean. <laughs> they're gone, Stack. 
They're gone. They're gone. So yes, Robert Sack calls says that this case remains a baffling mystery. Um, let me see if Unsolved Mysteries Wiki has some more information. I mean, I don't even understand how you could have more unless you literally find like their actual skeletons like sitting on an island with ID <laughs> tags somehow. Yeah, spoiler alert, this is still unsolved. Uh, huh. <laughs> um, there is a documentary. There's probably, I mean, there's probably more than one. Unsolved Mysteries Wiki links to a documentary that I think was on the Smithsonian Channel. So if you, I don't know, you want to know more about the Mary Celeste, I guess. Um, if you're like, out there with a Mary Celeste tattoo, just looking for more Mary Celeste content. called The True Story of the Mary Celeste. So, yeah, that's that. Robert Stack I, did talk about a hoax that there was, that someone like put a note in a bottle claiming to be a survivor and blah, blah, oh, right. was not true. So don't perform elaborate Mary Celeste hoaxes, everyone, and get people's hopes up. It's just rude. Yeah, no Mary Celeste nice. hoaxes. Okay, then we get this really unnecessary update about this woman who was looking for her parents who were carnies, and she eventually found out she had like 11 brothers and sisters or something wild. We already talked about that. Unsolved Mysteries is just wasting our time. <laughs> before we get to this lost love which is a different lost love that we've had before and it's pretty adorable so in 1980 a girl named michelle ran away from home um unsolved mysteries deals with a lot of runaways michelle had probably the least reason to run away of anyone she was 15 her family had recently moved to virginia and she was pissed that she had to leave like her friends and her school and that her parents had given her a curfew brood yeah um, and so she wanted to go back to San Antonio where they had been living before. So she decides to run away. Um, Michelle, we hear from Michelle in the present of Unsolved Mysteries time. She seems like a very nice person. I think she was just living like a very sheltered life. And so yeah. this, this level of like disruption in her life seemed like unbearable at the time. And she was like, I, I don't know what her, I don't think she had a plan for like when she got to San Antonio, what was she going to do? Like live in her friend's know. basement and go back to school. Was it? Would the school be like, um, didn't you move away? Where are your parents? Like, I don't think she really had a plan. She was just like, Mom, Dad, I'm out of here. Yeah, she did what a lot of kids, I think, dream about doing, which is yeah, like putting a stick and a sheet over your shoulder. Seriously, <laughs> like, seriously, this woman just went and bought a bus ticket to San Antonio. She didn't tell. She told literally no one where she was going. And so she's sitting there on the bus. She's never really done anything by herself before. She's never traveled by herself. She realizes that no one knows where she is if something happens to her. And she also realizes that men are creeps. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like five minutes into this bus ride, she realizes that she has made a big mistake. I think she she regrets it quickly, but also doesn't really know what to do. Well, because... at this point, it's, it's probably sunk costs, right? She's bought this ticket. She's on a bus headed to San Antonio. Like... She's a little she's, afraid to admit, I'm sure, that like she's a made a mistake 15, and she's scared. I have no idea what I'm doing. I temporarily forgot that men are creeps and I'm by myself and I'm on this bus and dudes are kind of like hovering, seeing if I'm by myself, seeing how vulnerable I am. Um, but she does want to go see her friends, so she doesn't immediately bail. Um, what happened was that in North carolina three men boarded the bus that ended up changing her life at first she was intimidated by them because the one that sat the guy that sat next to her had a bunch of scars and she was like even in the thing she's like i was like oh great like this guy <laughs> seems sketchy well and up until he... this point like all of the dudes in this bus have been like harassing her and right bugging her and try, 
like so of course like these three dudes sit surround her it seems like they were like burly guys and well they're all truck drivers yeah this guy we find out has a bunch of scars because he once went through the windshield of his truck not because he was like getting into a bunch of fights or something um but there's these three talkative dudes who were friends they were all truckers they went by their handles which is funny so they were known as tiny feet doc and sunshine I asked Mac which of these three nicknames he would prefer, and he picked Doc, which I feel like is too obvious. I, that means that I picked Sunshine. Sorry, Samantha, you were left with Tiny Feet. Uh, I feel like if your nickname is Tiny Feet these days, it's because you have an OnlyFans where you sell pictures of your feet. Ah! that well good luck to you samantha in your <laughs> new business venture so michelle told uh these men that her name was lisa and that she was actually they were like aren't you a little young riding this interstate bus by yourself and she was like and she oh, goes no. oh no no i'm 18 and they they I'm believed deep. her they they were like oh okay <laughs> all right lady uh and then she was going to texas to visit some friends she didn't admit she was running away first at first so they stop in atlanta and while they're at the stop to get some food they notice there's a different young girl who is guess what being harassed by some men so her new friends from the bus uh tiny feet doc and sunshine go over to ask the young this young woman if she's being bothered and if she wants to actually come with them for breakfast so michelle and these three truckers buy this woman breakfast and they hear her story and that she had run away and um her life was considerably worse than michelle's right um so after meeting this woman michelle confessed that actually she had been lying and um she was she shocked. Realized. They couldn't believe it. They definitely they really- didn't know all along. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they, it was kind of clear that they had known all along, and they were just kind of waiting for her to tell her story. And she was like, well, my family situation was real bad. And they were like, yeah, how? And they was like, she was like, oh, we moved. I, I have cur- a curfew. <laughs> a curfew. <laughs> and they all just laugh, and they're like, that's not bad. <laughs> and uh, she was like, well, it, it felt bad at the time. Um and I think her it kind of put her situation in perspective a little bit. So, But when the bus came to Mississippi, it was time for these three dudes to get off and actually pick up the, their trucks. And they all like wished her well and told her to stay safe. Sunshine, which is now my nickname, of course, had one last request. And that was that she call her mother and let her mother know that she was alive. Because at this point, her parents are going to be freaking the fuck out. Yeah. They're gonna think she's like dead in the side of a road. Yes, they're gonna be. They were like, "Oh my god!" Like, and I think at least one of these people had kids, and they were like, "Oh my god!" If this was my kid, like, I would have a heart attack. Like, please, please call your mom. You do not have to go back. Would you just like tell her you're not dead? Yeah, she was like, "Okay, fine." So at the next stop, she. I, I was at this. I think this woman was pretty naive because she was like, "It just sort of occurred to me how much trouble I was gonna be in." Like, <laughs> no shit. Uh. So she didn't have the she didn't have the guts to actually call her mom herself. She went to the payphone and called her friend and was like, "Could you um um let my parents know that I'm alive?" Um, when she gets back on the bus, there's a different young girl who's now riding the bus by herself, and uh, Michelle offers her some donuts and hears her story. And actually, this woman you know, had to get away from her abusive father. So I'm like, she actually had like a real problem. I'm like Michelle. <laughs> And Michelle's like, oh, okay, I, I guess actually I, my life is pretty good. So she made it to her friend's house in Texas where her father picked her up. Um, so she just wanted to let these dudes know, like, you know, thanks for, like, keeping me alive on this bus. And also, like, 
yeah. sort of setting me <laughs> setting me straight that like really everything was fine and I should I'm just being a teenager and I should go back home. Um, I wish we got a reunion for this. Oh, I'm so upset we didn't. I they want... found two of these guys. Apparently, they yeah, were watching they... the broadcast. I know, which must have been an amazing moment for them because I mean, obviously, this is not someone they were looking for. <laughs> I'm sure they're friendly like all the time, and they, <laughs> but they were very happy to know that they had made this positive impact on Michelle's life. I just the the reenactment actors they got to play these three guys were very charming, and I wanted to compare to the real Doc, yes. Tiny Feet, and Sunshine, and we don't yes. get to. Uh, I also feel like they should they deserved a moment. I don't know. I mean, it probably yeah, they, just like didn't work out for whatever reason. But like, I wish there was a re- a reunion. I mean, I I wonder if Unsolved Mysteries was like, we're really not going to pay to like fly three strangers. To they be like, spent oh. too much money in this Mary Celeste reenactment. They spent all their money on ships. Um, yeah. I so that's I wish we got another moment like that. It's a really funny story and it's cute and I'm glad everyone lived and. Yeah, I love it's it. It's a it's a nice place to end on some mysteries, unlike ending on like a child murder. So, kudos to that. Kudos yeah. to Tiny Feet Doc and Sunshine, wherever you are. Bless you. The story has a great message of just like, you know, if you're a decent person, you'll end up helping people more than you're even aware of, which is cool. Okay, yeah. so that's the end. Let's rate it. All right, mysteriousness. Not very mysterious. I I don't know if Nancy really. is psychic. I'm not super impressed with her investigatory skills. Oh, I can guess, but I feel like uh, I feel like the Mary Celeste mystery is yeah that exactly that hypothesis that they were on the robo and the rope snapped and they just were adrift in the ocean and other people got their pure alcohol i don't know that there's really it would be a very spooky thing to discover but i don't know that there's really like a lot of mystery there now or us yeah i know and the mystery is why didn't unsolved mysteries let us see sunshine dock and tiny feet that's the real mystery i mean that is i mean it's mystery mysterious in that regard but But i don't know if the episode itself was thumbs way down not mysterious at all yeah not mysterious fashion or is it reenactments next? I don't remember. It doesn't matter, but the fashion is unremarkable. I remember That's none not of it. That's great. I mean, I guess the Mary Celeste had some period fashion, but... Oh, I don't care about that type of fashion, though. Not really. Just I mean, like it's fine. Just like boat captain ahoy yeah. matey fashion. No thanks. <laughs> ahoy matey fashion. <laughs> you know, you yeah, got like yeah. that, that white puffy collary shirt and the... What? Who cares? Who cares about any of that? Thumbs down. I'm not that into it. Uh, uh, okay, so now reenactments. I mean, I guess... I mean, the Mary Celeste reenactments were good, and clearly they, they, were good. they put a lot into them. I, I'm I just not they, that interested in a maritime mystery, I guess, but that's probably a me problem. I mean, the reenactments were good. I like the reenactments from The Lost Love on the bus also. So Oh, that's I, right. Those were so... Okay, yes. You're right. I love so The I'm Lost Love. I'm going to say so. thumbs up. But it's not an enthusiastic thumb. It's a it's a weak thumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weak, tired thumb. And I Robert think. Stack. I mean, he loved, clearly, the boat mystery. He got to be on a boat. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Good for him. But um, he could have been in it more, I say. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Sideways. It's phoning in a little bit lately. Yeah, sideways for stack. I liked this episode because it was not very tragic. Um, 
other than Nancy failing to solve Jennifer's murder, which that part is tragic, um, but that segment was actually about investigators. Um, yeah, I, I thought this one was kind of fun. Had some different time periods. I would almost yeah, give it I a liked four. It. Three and a half. I four. loved The Lost Love. It was really good. Yeah, so really I feel good. like it deserves at least a three and a half. Okay. Yeah. And I think that was a very different lost love or lost friend or whatever you want to call it. Lost person in the midst of your life. Yes. Um, they should bring that show, This Is Your Life, back. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was this I old so. time show. It's before my time. I just want to know what it would look like now. But anyway, it was just, it's like the cheapest idea for a show. But it's like, you take an old person and then you go and you find like all the influential people from their life, like their teachers, their priest, whatever. And you have them say things about this person and then just like come out. And you just, it's just like an old person seeing people from like every stage of their life. That's sweet. Yeah, it, it must have cost like five dollars. So <laughs> I don't understand why some cheap network is not making this is your life, and then you like, I was your kindergarten teacher, and you were always so swell. You know, <laughs> they would have these like voiceovers before the person. I think they were supposed to guess who they were. I'm not quite sure, but then you know, it's just like a it was like a class reunion, but it's all about you. It's just people you've known. Cool. It does sound like a cool experience, right? Yeah, it does. Anyway, that was totally random. Um, so I was recently in California, which was lovely, and I never should have come back. So my <laughs> recommendation is something that I did during my trip is that Mac and I took a ghost tour, which everybody Ooh. knows is my favorite thing to do. We did that in Los Angeles. And we went with the Ghost City Company, which has ghost tours all over the country. I guess I can look up where, but specifically we did the Los Angeles one that is called Fame Kills. <laughs> okay. Which actually, I, that name kind of turned me off of it, but um, I wanted one that was from sort of a reputable company because there's a ton of different ghost tour options in Los Angeles, and some of them I sort of felt like I was going to get there, and it would just be like a guy with like, reading his cell phone. Like... <laughs> I wanted to make sure I got one that was, like, actually good, if that makes sense. It, it don't <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it does make sense, given our history with ghost tours. So, oh, yeah. They have these all over the place. Savannah, New Orleans, Charleston, St. Augustine, San Antonio, Salem, Nashville, Boston, Key West, blah, blah, blah. They have them in a ton of places. Um, so we did the one in Los Angeles that is called... The Fame Kills one, I think they offered a different one, and it was supposedly, like, how family-friendly it was. We did the one that was, like, not kid-appropriate, and I didn't really... There was something that stood out to me as, like, not kid-appropriate, but, I mean, you're talking about people getting murdered and ghosts, so... <laughs> anyway, um, the tour was hosted by a guy named Corey. I thought he did a great job. He was super enthusiastic, super knowledgeable, just, like a pleasant person to spend time with. It was a very small tour because we went on a Sunday night and I don't know if that's their like most popular time. And it's just walking down up and down Hollywood Boulevard, um, which is a very, you know, chaotic sort of Times Square y sort of place. Mm -hmm. Um and it was just stories that took place within buildings or within things you could see from Hollywood Boulevard. I thought it was super interesting. I thought he did a great job. Um 
even Mac liked it, and that's not his thing at all. <laughs> but he had a good time. He knew a lot about like classic Hollywood stories and um, yeah, different haunt. I mean, there's a lot of history right in that area um, for sort of you know making Los Angeles what it is today. Blah blah blah. Did you ask about Robert Stack's ghost? Did he have any information? I, I, I did it, and I should have. Now that you say that, what I was gonna say is that he absolutely convinced me that this one building is haunted. There's a bank building right in the like most, you know, busy area of Hollywood Boulevard, like over by the Chinese Theater and all this stuff. There's this bank building that's super tall super nice has been abandoned for a really long time and nobody will fucking rent it or renovate it and not only that but there's like you know like street performers and people out in costumes that want you to like tip them to take pictures of them you know there's like a lot of just like bustle there's right. fuck no one stands by that building and we wow. looked at it why we, <laughs> exactly we looked at it like walking one way and then we looked at it from the other side of the street looking back and seriously we didn't see Anyway, and there's like people everywhere huh. it's so crowded with just tourists and you know whatever but there's like no one hangs out there and he was like i give this tour like night after night no one is ever in front of this building he had stories of like multiple people who had died in that building some of it dating back to like the depression and but it hasn't been occupied in decades. And he actually talked to some real estate person about how Apple wanted to buy it. And they were going to make it this like big flagship place, like similar to something they have in New York. And it was like a no expense spared type of idea. Like we're going to make huh. this a destination, blah, 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 blah. They had like all these plans. They walked into the building and just walked right back out. Whoa. And then, and then wouldn't return any calls. Like, it should have been a thing where no matter what was wrong with that building, like, the location is so good, and they obviously have so much money that they could have renovated it into anything. And they seriously were like, nope. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. He knew a lot about that. That was super interesting. And he, um, I was also really interested in him talking about the Roosevelt Hotel, um, which is a, a classic hotel that's been there for a while. It has a mirror that is supposedly haunted by Marilyn Monroe. She stayed there for a while and she asked for a full length mirror to be put in her room. And they just put like a giant mirror like would be at the end of a hallway in her room. And um, apparently people that were staying in that room kept complaining that <laughs> about seeing reflections in this mirror. Huh. Like that they feel like someone is like watching them. So they actually have taken it out of that room and just put it somewhere in the hotel. What? Weird. <laughs> I don't know. And then their poolside bar is supposedly haunted by Humphrey Bogart. Now, what the tour told me and Mac was that if you said the name Humphrey Bogart, a glass would break and that you're not actually supposed to say it. Because okay. Of so Mac and I went to go scope it out. It's actually just like a very, we had a very nice, like, chill time relaxing by the pool at night at the bar. But all the glassware is plastic because it's by the pool. <laughs> okay. So I was like. You should have smuggled in the glass to test this theory. So I was like, so nothing's going to break. And then I did test it and nothing broke. I don't, it all might be hogwash. I don't know. But it was just fun. Um, Yeah, highly recommend it. I would definitely take. A, t- a tour from this company like the next time i'm in a city that they have a tour from i would definitely do it because 
I thought it, that it was, yeah, it was super interesting. And Mac was shocked that there was like stuff that isn't just literally ghosts. And I was like, yeah, you just learn about things. It's not only. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, oh there has God. to be, there has to be history in addition, or otherwise it's it's not that interesting. Well, I guess I hadn't made that clear that you would just, yeah, you would learn about like architecture and political things and just like stuff of the day, of the times, different, you know, supposedly spooky things that happened. He was like, oh, <laughs> so if you, if you haven't taken a ghost tour because you don't believe in ghosts. It's not really necessary. It's just kind of a fun way to learn about wherever you are. And you have a nice walk around town. It's nice. Yeah. You meet other weird people. You get some fresh air. You get a, you get a few steps in. I think it's just like a very wise use of time. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say about that? I don't know. I'll probably remember something else later. But it was very cool. And I am fully convinced that that bank building is haunted. And he had us take a bunch of pictures of it in case anything. Nothing, I didn't see anything in my pictures, but, you know, maybe. Fascinating. Someone's it's there and they, and they don't want Apple renovating that space. Well, that's fair, but I want to know. Like, I know. But I want to know why. Like, I want to yeah. know what happened. Like, they walked in they were like, absolutely not. And it is like, so, it's just such a good location. You would think somebody would do something with it. Yeah. Wow. It, it reminds me of, I talked about a house when I went to New Orleans and I did a ghost tour that there's this house that's cursed um, by that, by the woman Kathy Bates played on American Horror Story. Sorry, I can't remember her real name, but this horrible woman that k- killed a bunch of her slaves in the slave quarters. That house is like notoriously cursed in New Orleans. And I think Nicolas Cage owned it at one point and then went bankrupt like immediately (laughs) he like got divorced and went like his whole life just like completely shattered after buying this house but um when we saw that like no one will no one will stand by that because everybody's convinced that it's cursed but also like it's this really great location but no like I think someone technically owns it but they like won't ever go there huh because yeah it's too cursed (laughs) interesting just there cursed forever anyway yeah that is my recommendation to check out ghost city tours that's a great recommendation what is your recommendation my dear so i have a recommendation once again for an instagram account technically this person is probably more present on tiktok i'm not really sure oh we'll never Um, know but that's the thing we'll never know see this is this is the thing that i wanted to say is that i appreciate when content creators who are primarily on tiktok like put some of their tiktok content on instagram because that's how i'm gonna see it this person is very popular on tiktok and instagram too as well um but they have like 1.8 million followers are you a follower on tiktok i don't fucking know. i don't know um so this is probably a person you've you've heard of but i stumbled upon upon them because i my algorithm has recently been feeding me a lot of cleaning content i feel like what this is, okay this is what happens is you Instagram will like I mean this is how all algorithms work they like show you something and they're like how about this and for me it was like a really satisfying cleaning video and then I like followed that account I like went down the rabbit hole watched all their videos which are like yeah very satisfying like they clean rugs and shit and so now my algorithm keeps giving me cleaning content and this is I feel like I feel like this is how this person came up in my algorithm because they are mercury stardust uh hyphen tops i think um she is like i said primarily a tiktok content creator i believe um her she calls herself the trans handy ma'am 
which I think is very cute. Very cute. And her whole thing, I mean, she has a lot, but her, her main thing, which, which drew me in. Okay. So she teaches people how to do maintenance for themselves without being talked down to. So her primary audience is, uh, single moms, queer people, renters, but I mean, obviously anyone can obviously consume her content and she produces a lot of very helpful, oftentimes funny (laughs) videos on how to do things around your house that you probably, I mean, if you're like me, you were never, and you were raised by a single mom or you're yeah, a queer person, or maybe you, you rent a home and you don't maybe know how to like fix a big hole in your drywall or uh what I really appreciated is she had like this little gadget that she showed on how to like unclog your sink and I bought one and it worked great (laughs) it was like a little like tiny tiny handheld plunger for your sink it was in a few of her videos and I immediately bought one uh from Jeff Bezos uh directly and (laughs) you put money just right in his shirt pocket and you went home with a tiny little plunger I think she's delightful. I really love this genre of video where people are recognizing that like for a lot of people, yeah, you were never taught how to do certain things, how to like do handy things around your house. And now you're like, well, fuck, what am I I supposed to do? And I don't want to ask because I don't want someone to talk to me like I'm you know, right, was right. just born yesterday. And so I, I just love her videos. They're great. Um, they're entertaining. They're fun. They're educational. And I think she's doing a great service. And you should check her out if you're on uh, TikTok for sure. If you're on Instagram as well. I, I'll never know what's on TikTok. So <laughs> I, I assume even... there's more content over there. I've been following her on Instagram, though, and um, getting a lot out of it. So highly recommend. I feel like some of that stuff, not all of it, but I feel like some of it is stuff they used to teach in shop class and in home economics, and then they, like, stopped doing those classes, and I guess they just assumed people would know, but you're not going to, you don't just, like, know stuff like that unless someone teaches you. It's not just, Yeah, or they assume that, like, like maybe you have a a man in your life, I guess, (laughs) who will teach you this, or I don't know. But then someone, they have to, like, know, too, like... (laughs) Someone had to teach them, right? Like, right. I, 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 yeah. And then people are like, "What do you mean you never learned how to do this?" And it's like, "Well, when was I? When was that day? I missed that day where we all learned how to patch drywall." You yeah, know? exactly, exactly. Or like, what to get in a hardware store, right? Like, you walk in and you're like, "Okay, I need something for this problem. I don't know what it is. I don't really want to ask anyone because I don't want to feel stupid or talked down to." I definitely like, you know, if you work at a big box hardware store, you don't necessarily know how to fix anything or or maybe you know about like one type. You don't know about everything in a whole Lowe's, right? right? So it's not it's not like I can just like go into Lowe's and ask the 17-year-old who's working there like what kind of cock gun should I get? You know what like they don't know. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's a good recommendation. Very helpful, very practical, Samantha. Well, in my spare time, I'm scrolling through Instagram, so this is where I get my recommendations now. I mean, I feel like we're all kind of pretending that we haven't spent all this time trying not to get sick. Like, I feel like we're just now acting like the pandemic never happened, but it's not like we've been doing all these exciting things. No, our our outing the other day has like, like, been like the highlight... <laughs> I think it isn't that like the first time we've done something like that in like two years, probably. I think so yeah. Somehow, I'm, it's a good thing time's not real because it doesn't make sense to me. Okay, 
I think that's going to wrap up this episode. We did recently pass 200,000 downloads, Samantha. Amazing. I sort of feel like for the amount of time and years that we've put into this, that's not very many, but <laughs> it's not zero. So thank you for everyone that keeps coming back and listening, and you're part of those 200,000 downloads. That's super sweet. And um, yeah, we just appreciate We appreciate the five. There's probably a, t- a point where we had like 10 listeners, but I feel like we're we're at five again. I'm sure we're holding steady at five. <laughs> we're holding steady at five, and we appreciate each and every one of you. So, um, yeah, follow us on the social medias. Sign up for Patreon if you got some money burning a hole in your pocket. I already talked about some cool stuff that we have right now. I want everybody to download Repod to listen to podcasts. Not just because they give us money, but also because they have cool ways to comment, such as timestamps and little clips. And I want to know what parts of the show you guys like, because I need that for my ego. Yes. So that isn't a way to give us an ego boost. So is giving us a five-star review. God damn it. If you haven't done that already, chop, chop. It's time. Please do. It is time. And there's our website, perhapsitude.com. We have a th- only a few more copies of both zines, so if you wanted one of those zines, I warned you. Now's the time to get them, because we really don't have plans to reprint those, so if you wanted either the first or second zine, get that order in. Is there anything else, Samantha? I don't think so. I think you pretty much covered it. You know what we never tell people to do is subscribe. Yeah, slam that subscribe button. Yeah. Do Samantha a solid. Hurt your finger a little bit hitting that subscribe button. I wanted to hurt. Uh, <laughs> I forever ago took these um, museum studies classes, and this woman once came to talk to us about development, which is the museum word for asking people for money. And um, she was talking about like like big donors and how to broach like how much to ask for for people who have like way too much money. And she was like, yeah, obviously, like, people have, like, different amounts of, like, how much is a lot to them. But she she said in her thing, but we wanted to hurt a little. <laughs> like, we wanted to be, like, obviously, like, some people can give this many million. Some people can give this million million. But we want it to be enough that they really feel that. I was <laughs> okay. like, wow, okay. <laughs> All right. So that's what I want from, just kidding. No, please don't. Please do not sign up for our Patreon if it's going to hurt. That's not what we want for you. No. Five listeners. Please don't. Don't Don't put yourself in a worse situation for us. This is supposed to be fun. We're we're not calling you up, shaking you down for your last dime. We'll leave that to museums, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) And the government. And the government. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so just a little summoning circle, a little manifestation that Joe Biden's going to cancel those student loans, man. <sighs> Keep it up, witches. I really sincerely doubt it, but maybe like a little, maybe he'll do like a little, and that won't really help anything, but hey. <laughs> I, it's still sort of the right thing to do. If everybody gets a little, a few thousand knocked off, everybody will just be like, all right, whatever. It changes very little. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.